Robert Sapp here. If tonight I was to give this podcast a title, it would be When Satan Curses, God Can Bless. We'll take the scriptures from Numbers 22, and if you want to finish reading, you can read uh, Numbers 23 and 24 as well. But Numbers 22, verse 1 starts out, And the children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab on this side Jordan by Jericho. Balak, the son of Zipporah, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. Moab was sore afraid of the people because they were many, and Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. Moab said unto the elders of Midian, Now shall this company lick up all that are around about us, as the ox licketh up the grass of the field, and Balak, the son of Zipporah, was king of the Moabites at the time. He sent messengers, therefore, unto Balaam, the son of Beorah, to Pethor, which is by the river of the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people come out from Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth, and they abide over against me. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people, for they are too mighty for me. Peradventure I shall prevail, that we may smite them, and that I may drive them out of the land. For I would that he whom thou blessed is blessed, and he whom thou cursed is cursed. And the elders of Moab and the elders of the Median departed with the rewards of divination in their hand, and they came unto Balaam and spake unto him the words of Balak. And he said unto them, Lodge here this night, and I will bring you word again, as the Lord shall speak unto me. And the princes of Moab abode with Balaam. And God came unto Balaam and said, What men are these here with thee? And Balaam said unto God, Balak, the son of Zipporah, king of Moab, has sent them unto me, saying, Behold, there are the people come out of Egypt, which covereth the face of the earth. Come now, curse them me. Peradventure I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. And God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them, thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. And Balaam arose in the morning and said unto the princes of Balak, Get into your land, for the Lord refuses to give me leave to go with you. And they left, the scriptures tell us, but they came again two more times. And on the third time, God told Balaam that if if they done something, he was able to go with them. Well, that morning he got up and went with them instead. Now, there is a portion of the scriptures where his donkey, Balaam's donkey, spoke to him. But that's a podcast in the future. We're going to talk about him going to curse or being asked to curse the Egyptians, or the, excuse me, the Israelites that had came out of Egypt. He was asked to curse them because the king of the Moabites was afraid that they was too large, too powerful for him. So he believed if he was cursed, or if they were cursed, he would survive. He would per- he would prevail against them in war. He meant this as a as a curse to the Israelites. But when Balaam was able to see the Israelites, he blessed them instead. The king of the Moabites took Balaam to another location, and Balaam blessed them again. And he took them him to a third location, and a third time they were blessed. And he told them that you know he could not he could not curse when God told him to bless. My point with this, and why I said you know sometimes Satan 
wants a curse, but God can turn it into a blessing. The greatest blessing that we've had or could have is the acceptance of what Christ did on the cross of Calvary. That's our greatest blessing. Sometimes, though, when we get sick, and God will allow the sickness. God doesn't make us sick. God allows us to be sick. Satan means it for a curse, means it to our detriment, but God allows it for our good. Now, how can being sick be a good thing? 1994, morning, early morning, midweek, it was time to get up and go to work. I woke up, and now I'm a gadget guy, and I like to have things. I like to have electronics. I've got DVD players and TVs and all kinds of stuff plugged up, and there's always red lights or green lights or whatever kind of lights in my house. And when I get up of a morning going to work, I like to take a, a shower. Well, that particular morning when I woke up, there were no lights in the house. My first thought was that there was a power outage and I was unable to take my shower. Then I realized that the alarm clock that woke me up was electric. It wasn't a battery backup, but it was electric. So it wasn't a power outage, but I still couldn't understand why I couldn't see the lights, the, the LED lights telling me that something was plugged up or something was charged. And I started waving my hand in front of my eyes and I could not see it. I realized I was blind. I woke my wife up and told her that she couldn't go to work. She told me she had to go to work. I told her she couldn't go to work because I was blind and I needed her to take me to the doctor. She kind of laughed and told me to get on up, quit playing, quit clowning around, because that is kind of my nature. I will clown quite a bit. But when I told her I wasn't clowning, that I was serious, she understood that I was indeed serious. She turned on the light. She sat up in the bed and she turned on the light. And somebody asked me one time, well, if you was blind, how could you know that? Well, one, I felt her move. And two, the room did get brighter, but I still was not able to see. After I explained to her what had gone on, why, why I thought I was blind, sitting there in the middle of the bed, waving my hand in front of my face, saying, yep, can't see it. I asked her to call, dial a number, and I spoke to my manager and told him that I wasn't able to come into work. And then I wanted, I told her I wanted to go see my eye doctor. I figured it was an infection or whatever. I went back to sleep. I wasn't worried. I knew that whatever was whatever. Got up a little bit later to go to the eye doctor and was able to see a little bit, but not clearly. It was all blood, blurry, and by this time, bright lights was starting to hurt my eyes. She took me to the eye doctor, and he took me back to the exam room, looked, and told me later he saw something, but he wasn't sure what he saw. So they sent me to have blood work for diabetes, thinking maybe you know, I had diabetes, didn't know about it, and it affected my eyes. That turned out negative. One thing led to another. And finally, on its own, my vision cleared up about a week later. I started being able to see a little bit better more and more each day, and by a week I was back. No big deal, right? The week before Thanksgiving the same year, now that was 19, roughly 1994, so Thanksgiving 1994, I woke up with a headache. 
Now that's a big deal, right? Everybody has headaches. I don't normally have headaches. So yes, this was a big deal for me. And the headache got worse, progressively worse, very quickly. I went to the doctor over the headache after two weeks, the, a solid headache. I started going to the doctor to see him, to see what was going on. And they started running all kinds of tests and finally told me I was having muscle contractions, muscle spasms of the, of the scalp. But the, the headache got worse. And I started falling and I started dropping things and I started forgetting things and I started doing all kinds of stuff. Could not for the life of me figure out what was going on. For five years, I went to see physicians, urologists, you name it. I went to see them to see what was going on. About 1999, November of 1999, a neurologist finally told me what I had, and I had multiple sclerosis. Multiple sclerosis is, they believe, a virus that activates and it causes your immune system to attack your nerves. And when it attacks your nerves, it eats the myelin sheath off of the nerves. And then the, the antibodies, the white blood cells, whatever comes by, sees that there's this problem on this nerve, so it heals it, but it leaves a scar, and that scar makes that nerve malfunction. I tell people I short circuit. Basically, that's what's happening. I used to tell my young children that I was sparking. In this five-year period, there were times when, when I would go to work, I would come home so exhausted that I could barely make it to the bed, but I'd set my two young children beside of me, one on each side, and I would lay down between them and I'd go to sleep. And I would tell them that to wake me up if they had a question with their homework. My wife would come home from work, she would cook dinner, and some days I would have to crawl to the kitchen. I could not stand. The next morning I could function somewhat, sometimes, sometimes I couldn't, I'd have to call in, but I could function a little bit and I'm I go to work totally exhausted. I never got any rest, and I still don't to this day. I still don't get a lot of rest. Here it is, 20, or 2021. It's been 21 years since they've diagnosed me with multiple sclerosis. They told me back then that I would probably be in a wheelchair. 21 years later, I'm not in a wheelchair. I'm still able to function. I'm still able to go. Yes, I still have problems. Yes, I still have lesions on my brain. They spotted those on an MRI, I still have them. Why am I telling you this? Is this for a pity party? No, this is not a pity party. But what Satan wanted to curse me with, the MS, God has turned into my second greatest blessing. Now, how can I say that? Well, I've learned to rely and depend on Him. I've learned to go only when I can go but I've learned when I go to rely on Him. See, my short-term memory is gone. I can't remember what I have for dinner tonight. Oh, you say, well, that may be because you're getting old. Yes, age has a lot to do with it, but so does the MS. Short-term memory. There's days when I will start a sentence in my brain. I finish the sentence, but it doesn't come out my mouth. My wife that reminds me, uh, could you finish the sentence? I've learned not to get upset when she has to ask me things like that. I've also learned 
not to get upset when I have to ask her for help because I'm physically unable to do something. There's times when I cannot mow my yard, and I enjoy mowing my yard. I know that sound may sound weird, but that's where I get alone. That's, that's my meditation, if you will. And there's days when I can't mow the yard. There's days when I can't even walk. But I've learned to rely on God. I've learned to look to Him as the author and the finisher of my faith. Nowhere in the Scripture does it say that as a Christian I will not have problems. Nowhere in the Scripture does it say that, you know, I'll never have pain. I'll never get sick. But what it does say, Christ tells me real quick, that in this world I shall suffer tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. I know that it's not going to be what you would call a perfect existence. I also know, though, that God is the healer. And I know that I will be healed of MS, whether it's here or it's after I pass away from this body and I go into heaven, I know I will be healed. I just don't know when. I don't know how. Sometimes God heals us through the doctors, through the medicines, and then sometimes he heals us miraculously. And then there are days when he permanently heals us. There are times when he just permanently heals us. He takes us home, and we're healed in heaven. So I know that I will be healed. He said, by my stripes, ye are healed. Have I been discouraged? Yes. Have I asked why? Yes. But I realize that without God, I can do nothing. You see, the future is indeed a myth. We're not promised tomorrow. I don't worry about tomorrow. I don't focus on tomorrow. I just have learned to get through today. Now, one of the things that that may spur or may cause a flare-up, as I call it, may cause the MS to get worse, is stress. Wow, 2020, not stressful, is it? But this year already, the week, the first week of the, of the new year, first working week, has been extremely stressful. And I have noticed issues. I've noticed problems. There's been times when I could barely walk. There's been times when I just could not get up out of the chair. But I know that God gives me the strength to do what I need to do. See, my wife came down with COVID. She was in the hospital from December the 4th to December the 20th. And since she's come home, She's been on oxygen, and I've had to help her, and that I'm not complaining about that. I enjoy helping my wife, but God gives me the strength to help my wife and also work a full-time job, and all of that, I can definitely tell you, though, that the MS is, is affecting me. It's, it's messing with me. It's there. It's trying to cause some problems, but I know that God can do all things. So what Satan has meant for a, a curse, God has turned into my second greatest blessing. That no matter what happens, God is in control. Now again, I'm not telling you all of this as a pity party. I'm not telling you any of this for a pity party. I don't, I don't want your pity. I don't want your, oh, I'm so sorry. 
But what I want you to understand is that everybody has problems. And every one of us has situations that we're dealing with. One, we need to be kind to people that we meet because you never know what demons, or as I call them, what sickness, what problems that someone is facing. So be kind to the people that you meet. But understand that no matter what, God is still in control and God is still on the throne. And no matter what, God can heal and God can help and God can if you learn to rely on him, he's a take of my yoke. It's easy. My burden's light. So we've got to take off what we put on our shoulders. Because as a guy, I'm, you know, I'm supposed to be you know, the breadwinner, and I'm supposed to be this, and I'm supposed to be that. There's a whole set of rules out there. But guys, I'm, I'm here to tell you that we can't do it. We cannot do it without God's help. And there are times when we have to look around and ask for help. And we have to, you know, have those people in, in, their, in our lives that can help us. And I do. And I'm thankful for that. See, that's another blessing that God has given me that Satan wasn't expecting, maybe. So I'm going to leave you with that. Yes, everyone has problems. Everyone has troubles. But God can take that and turn it into a blessing. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your many blessings. We ask, Lord, that you'll move and that you'll touch, Lord, that you'll stretch forth your hand, Lord, as only you can. Lord, as only you will. And we ask that you'll move and that you'll touch, Lord, those that have problems, those that are sick, those that are financially strapped, those that are you know, physically exhausted those that are mentally exhausted those that are spiritually asleep lord we ask that you'll help and that you'll lift up and that you'll move lord as only you can lord that you'll bless those but lord most especially if there is any that's listening lord that does not know you that you will draw them by your spirit lord and allow them to come into the family lord as only you can in jesus sweet and holy name we pray amen Guys, I'll talk to you next week.